and welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Van Doren, and in this podcast, I talk with some of the most creative and inspiring people that I know. From hearing about their process to what holds them back from creating, routines and rituals, to the intersection between creativity and spirituality, you'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm so excited that this week we have a guest on the podcast, Megan Leatherman. Megan is a career coach, mother, writer, podcast host, and amateur ecologist living in the Pacific Northwest. Through her nature-based and seasonal perspective, she's helped thousands of professionals reconnect to their strengths and to what deeply matters to them. She has a master's degree in conflict resolution, a background in human resources, and believes that our work can be a spiritual practice. I'm so excited that Megan is our first guest of 2023 and our first guest in quite some time. If you've noticed, I took some time off from the podcast in the late summer, fall, winter season because I've been going through my own inner winter season and just needed to take time off for from my projects to really just focus on the inner work that I've been doing. I shared a little bit about that in my solo episode that I shared last week where we kind of recap 2022. If you haven't heard that episode yet, definitely check that out. But something that I so appreciate about Megan and her work is really delving into and aligning our life with the seasons and not only our personal life, our spiritual life, but our work life. And I've never really heard anyone talk about our career or our work related to the seasons and related to seasonal living. And so Megan's perspective is really valuable here. We talk about how to align your life and work to the different season, what that might look like in practice. And we talk about internalized capitalism, being a highly sensitive person in the work environment. And yeah, I just really appreciated this conversation with Megan because I think I shared in this episode a little bit and I shared about this in my solo episode last week too, but I feel like I've been going through a bit of a shift with my career and not feeling happy with my career, not feeling lit up or fulfilled or satisfied within my career. And I think in the online world that we live in where everything seems possible and everything seems so available to us. I feel like I had a bit of shame around that in sharing that I wasn't happy with my work life, that I wasn't happy with my career. I didn't know how to make money and to do what makes me happy while also making money. So I think it's okay that I'm in that space. And if you're in that space too, if you're in a job that you don't love, know that you're not alone and it's okay. You don't have to change everything quickly uh, or not quickly, but you can kind of just be with the process and see how it unfolds. So I'm right there with you and trying to figure out how work looks in these new systems where we do want to focus more on rest and self-care and honoring ourselves and our seasons first, which is really hard to do in a capitalistic society. So you'll hear a bit about that. And since we recorded this episode, Megan actually released 
She wrote and released a new book. And this book is about how to navigate your winter season. So it's called Winter at Work, Navigate Mystery and Cultivate New Vitality on Your Vocational Journey. And I'm so excited to read this book. I feel like it's meeting me exactly where I'm at today. And I know that it will serve you as well. So I will leave the link to the book and Megan's information below. But without further ado, let's welcome Megan Leatherman to the Creative Soul Podcast. Well, hello, Megan. Thank you so much for coming on the Creative Soul Podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I'll start off with the first question I ask everyone when they come on, and that is, what is currently fueling your creative soul? Mm-hmm. I'm getting back into some writing by Clarissa Pinkola Estes, who wrote Women Who Run With the Wolves, mm-hmm. which is sort of like a, a little anchor that I come back to again and again. I find that you can just sort of pick up a chapter and it just <laughs> always resonates. And I do, f- I am feeling like some sort of creative writing project is ready to come through, but it's vague and I'm trying to approach it with less like rushing and trying to grasp onto it and really trying to just sort of invite it in, you know, and kind of surrender to what it wants to be. So Dr. Estes and my own, like trying to be receptive or sort of what's feeling the most fruitful right now. Oh, first of all, I love women who run with the wolves and I I, I so agree with you that it's one of those things that you can just pick up. Like I have it sitting on my shelf and I haven't picked it up in a while because it's so dense. Like, I feel like you really have to take your time with those stories and kind of let them sink in. But yeah, how do you, how do you, when you say that something's coming through, how do you know that it's time? How do you like, do you feel that call or what does that feel like for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like it sort of, has culminated like with the summer solstice and the new moon that we just had yesterday. And so on the, on days like that, I try to really sort of tune in to what I call like my guides or my higher self and these sort of sources of support for me. And I'm trying to, again, just be really receptive to what wants to come through me. And I find that that's way more effective than me just using my intellect to think like, what are my goals for this new moon? Or like, what do I want to do in my business? It's just so much richer to sort of tune in and receive little nudges from other parts of me in my life. And so, yeah, just getting sort of images of something like that coming through, feeling the urge to write in my morning meditations and trying not to ignore that or forget it, you know, in the midst of a busy day and and make space for it. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a, a more sort of mystical process, I guess, than other creative projects I have like in business. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Well, you talk about your work with cyclical seasonal living and how that informs your work because yeah. Yeah. Well, you talk about that. I I wanted to go on, but I'm like, I think that's, that's, we'll start there. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So I, I sort of call myself a career coach. I don't like, I'm not in love with that term, but it's kind of like the easiest thing to describe what I do. Yeah, I guide people through this sort of seasonal vocational model. I believe that as humans, you know, we evolved in alignment with the seasons. Our ancestors may not have had the same seasons that we have, you know, if we live somewhere different now, but I, uh, humans are totally in tune with like the rhythms of the natural world. We just can forget them. And so I find that it's really changed my life to actually live in alignment with those. So like, you know, 
in the winter, really honoring my body's need for more sleep or more starchy foods in the spring, like really letting myself feel and sort of drink in that sense of like rebirth and, you know, the life is back on the land and and now in the summer, letting myself really honor like the fruits of my labors and enjoy life a little bit more and slow down, you know, and, but I also find that that's a really beautiful model for like vocational growth and the way that we grow in our working lives. So everyone has these seasons where things do feel really like vibrant and maybe it's a summer in our career where like things feel clear. We're sort of at a level of mastery. We've gotten to know a thing. Things feel like there's a sense of ease behind them. And then inevitably like the fall comes, right? And it's this invitation to sort of shed that professional identity or that job or that role. And a lot of times we really resist that and want to hang on to the summer, but we need to move through those fall periods and winter when things feel really mysterious and you can't see what's under the ground and things aren't really growing, but inevitably, you know, knock on wood, like the spring comes back and we enter a new cycle. So for me, it's just been such a grounding, like ancient feeling cycle to get back into really consciously. And so I find that it feeds me and feeds the people that I support. So that's what I'm sort of steeped in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That speaks to me so much right now. Cause that's kind of I, I moved to Michigan from the East coast, like back in January, February, and I moved to a really rural, like farming community. <laughs> like there's nothing going on. And at first I really resisted that, but what it's really done is allowed me to get closer in relationship with the land and with the seasons and really, and, and I've been doing this work for a long time and it's, it, it's making, cause I, a while ago, I was really getting into the work of you know, following my menstrual cycles as a season. And, you know, there's one week where I'm in a winter, the week, the week that I'm bleeding. And then I go into my spring and then my summer and my fall and kind of framing my life in that way. But it's also been really beautiful, like being in immersed in nature and having experienced a real winter and a long period of winter, and then really seeing spring like so vibrantly pop up and then now really being in summer. And so it makes me, and, and you talking about like applying those seasons as well to your work makes me think about how how yes like human beings were so seasonal and once you kind of come back connect back to that truth I'm finding it really hard for myself to even operate out of like the old systems like it's like I'm it's summer I don't feel like working because summer is a time for me to be outside and to enjoy life and yet I still have to show up at my desk nine to five every every day and while you were talking I was kind of thinking about how the seasons in our life can are kind of layered because you might be, let's say you're in a summer in your work life, but maybe as a woman, you're bleeding. So you're in your winter and maybe it's fall outside. So how do we kind of coexist when all parts of our life are perhaps in different seasons? So yeah. Yeah. I like to remember that the earth holds all of those seasons, you know, that there's snow in Antarctica, no matter what, and the Southern hemisphere just crossed over the winter solstice and it's all here, you know, at the same time. (laughs) And so I think the earth is big enough to hold that and we're big enough to hold that. And you just, you know, you might cycle through lots of 
things throughout the day. If you're bleeding, you might need, you know, a nap in the middle of the day, but you show up to this meeting in your full summer mastery, but then you know that, you know, you go enjoy the leaves outside. Like it's, it can be everything at once. And a lot of times we don't align with what's happening outside in the natural world, but I find that even on the days when we feel really different, there's always like some message or wisdom that can come through. It's always great to enjoy that wonderful peach that you picked from the tree, right? Or like the crunch of the leaves, like our bodies just can be in that no matter what's happening internally. So sort of just following the threads that feel resonant and like they make sense and speak to you on that sort of physical cellular level. Mm. Yeah, I love that, that the earth can hold all of that and we can hold all of that too. So even though different parts of our life may be in different seasons, it's kind of like it's all happening at once. Yeah. So I'm curious, how did you get into this work and how did you shift into more seasonal cyclical living? And especially in a world where we're not, that's not supported. That's not supported in our, in our regular society. So yeah, I'm curious how you got got introduced this work, how you started to really integrate this seasonal living into your life, into your work. And yeah, just tell us more about that. Yeah. When I started working for myself, I sort of accidentally became an entrepreneur. I just couldn't really find a job after I left my HR job in Boston. And I moved back to Portland, to Oregon, where I'm from, and nothing was really working out. And I was in a contract role for my last organization, just doing like HR special projects for them. And I just started noticing how much better it felt to sort of work on my own timeline, work from home. I still had, there was a lot of demands on my plate, but it was so different as an introvert and a highly sensitive person to just be in my own space and not like totally blasted by an open office plan. And so I just had the space to like start writing. I started a blog just sort of on a whim. And that was like eight years ago. And it's just been a a long organic process of sort of meaning making like through writing and through creativity, not going into it like I'm going to create this seasonal model, but just like that's just what's come through. And I think it really amped up with the pandemic. I got, I had my second child, Kylan, in March of 2020 and wasn't sure I was going to come back to this business even before the pandemic because it was just feeling really hard and I was so pregnant and so tired. And so I just sort of set it aside and I found that, you know, in the midst of all of the sort of collapse and upheaval and change that was happening, I really needed something that felt super, super grounding and real that I could hold on to. And that just again, like became more and more this seasonal cyclical way of being. It just, it's like instantly grounding to me. It makes me feel like I'm connected to something bigger than just politics or my life or my, you know, even my home or, and so I think it came out of like a a desperation for something that just felt way bigger and timeless. And so, yeah, I would say for the last two years, it's been a primary focus of my work and worldview and how I support people, but it kind of came through this organic business creation writing process. Wow. Wow. First of all, having a baby March, 2020, that's, um, (laughs) oh my gosh, I can't even imagine what you went through, through all that. But yeah, I, and I know that you've talked too about how working in this way has helped you heal. Will you talk a bit more about that and, and what that looked like and, 
and yeah, how we can be in right relationship with the earth and with our natural innate seasons. Yeah, it's on one hand, it's healing because it helps me slow down enough to let things really percolate. I find that for me and like most of my clients, we're just really rushing through constantly, even when we say like, I'm going to take a break or I'm going to, you know, just explore this idea. Like subconsciously, there's often this like rushing or desire to like make it happen quickly. And the seasons are long. I mean, they are and they aren't. They aren't like here. They're about three months at a time. But when you're in it and like wanting something to come through, like a season can feel like a long time, you know, but it does. And, and so it gives me like a different sort of timeline to work with, which feels like way more natural and gives me some space to just live in a different way. Again, it makes me feel like I'm part of this larger web of life that I, that, you know, I do have a place here. Every organism has a place on this earth and a purpose. It's taught me a lot about purpose and calling and how, you know, I think that our purpose is just to live into the fullness of who we are, just like the fern outside my window does, or the bird that flies by, like their purpose is to be the best expression of them that they can be in the constraints that they live in. And I think the same is true for us. And so that's been tremendously healing for me as someone who for a long time didn't think I had anything to contribute or had no beyond like the, you know, maybe people in my family or, or like financial means, but to kind of open up to this like wider view of life that I think life wants us to thrive and we have a place here and it doesn't have to be hard. It's, it's just letting us come through sort of in the fullest way possible. Yes. So I'm just constantly inspired by all of the other creatures that I see doing that. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Yeah. It's so, I mean, I think about this, I've been thinking about this a lot lately and it's like, it makes me angry to think about because I think the closer I get in connection with nature and closer I get in connection with myself, I really understand that anything that disconnects us from nature disconnects us from ourselves. And just looking at the way that things are set up, I mean, like I mentioned, showing up at a job nine to five, 40 hours, 40 hours plus a week is so not in alignment with nature seasons. Sitting on a computer all day is not in alignment with nature and nature seasons. And the way that our food is grown, the way that we go grocery shopping, like all of it is so disconnected from source and it, it makes me really upset to think about. And also I really resonate with what you said about being highly sensitive and even just like being around, you know, like in, if you're working in a traditional office setting and being around different people or even you know, now that I work from home, I realize that I, the question that I'm exploring right now is how can I set things up from like, how can I exist in this structure that's kind of set up for me where I am expected to show up in these hours, but because I work from home and things can be a little bit more flexible, like how can I set that up for myself in a way that feels supportive? And especially when like, you know, you get Slack messages all day and that immediately pulls me out from my work. So then I can't, I'm not able to do this like deep work focus and just coming back to this truth of like, just how, how much I take on from people around me. So being in meetings too with people. And like, so, I, so the question that like all of this was to say is that the question that I'm really exploring is like, is how can I set up these boundaries again, like honoring what I know and what I know 
you know, is true for me while still existing in this structure. So I'm curious if you have any thoughts on that, either with clients that you've worked with who might still be in traditional job settings or how we can start to incorporate this knowledge and that, and this connection that we're gaining with the earth, but doing it in a way when we're still existing in that structure that expects us to be, to show up so disconnected and uh, misaligned from nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really hard. I don't, I don't want to pretend like it's just easy. I mean, this is really tough to be inside of a capitalist structure that does not value and, and really treats workers the same way it treats the earth with like this extraction and constant pushing and let's rip up the soil and plow and get as much as we can out of these people. And then, oh, sorry, they're burnt out. <laughs> you know, like it's just horrible. And here we are, you know, so we have to make sense of it. And a lot of us aren't ready yet to step away from work or risk not being able to pay rent or the mortgage. So it's we're like making the most of it, doing our best. I like to remember that nothing is not nature, right? Like even the computer that I'm on is all made out of natural materials. All of this came from the earth. The internet you know, is just sort of a fractal or like a larger version of the mycelium web of life under all these trees, right? Like it's not, it's not truly separate. It feels very separate because I agree, like a lot of us are really out of alignment with what our bodies need and what the, the way that the day moves through its rhythms and all of that. But if you take like a, a long wide view, it's not separate. Like this is all nature, even like the most toxic workplaces are part of the natural world. Mm -hmm. um, so a few things that have been helpful for me and for clients are one to like, try to remember and keep really primary or at the top of your mind, like the, the things that A, really feed you and are B, like the truth of life, like what's really important. And, and death is a really good ally in this way. Like if you think, if you know that on every side of life, there's death and vice versa on every side of death, there's life. It's helpful to sort of put work in its proper place. Like if, you know, if it's true that I'm going to die at the end of this life, like then what does that tell me about today? And and like, if my purpose is to live into the fullness of me, what does that tell me about this day? So sometimes we can just get so wrapped up in the Slack messages and our to-do list and like the next meeting and holding some sort of like image above your desk or background on your phone or just these things that like remind you that you're so much bigger than the work that's here today or the job or your resume or whatever can be helpful just to like shift the perspective. And then there's all these small things that you can do in the day to sort of scoop yourself up and like remember that you are an animal and part of nature. And so whether that's really making it a priority to get outside during a lunch break or to even look out a window regularly to work in like a 90 minute cycle with a good 15 minute break instead of just kind of grinding through again like images are really helpful so setting up your workspace so that you have images that remind you of nature or whatever feels sort of soul lifting to you and then the final thing I, i'll say is that a lot of people that i work with are still in this, and this isn't a bad thing, but are still sort of in this mindset that they have to come and show up and give like 100% or 110%. And that's so wonderful because I, I think people are really, you know, 
really want to show up and do a good job at work. And some of that is like internalized capitalism and wanting to be thought of as good or successful. Some of it is just like this earnest desire to be a good team member and be good at what you do. And I'm just sort of encouraging people, I think right now in the midst of sort of collapse and change to really like dial that down a little bit and to give yourself permission to maybe show up with like 80%. Maybe that's like a really good day. Maybe another day it's 50%. And we think everyone at work is going to notice that we're just sort of mailing it in or we're like not giving our best, but most people don't notice what we do <laughs> as much as we do. And so just like changing the energy a little bit, like and saving a lot more for you and working at home gives that opportunity a lot more. So you can sort of sneak away for a nap or a walk outside or, and just giving yourself permission to do that. Like it's, it's not that you're lazy or not a good worker or you're taking advantage of the system. Like the system's already taking advantage of you. Even the best organizations are extractive at their core. Wage labor is extractive. So you get to decide how much you want to give to that. And I think a lot of us are finding we need to sort of dial it down and that, that the walk, you know, that we get is more important than that next email or being really responsive. So those are the things that I've seen be helpful right now. Does that, does that oh resonate at all? Yeah, definitely. And I'm so glad you said that. Cause I think a lot, like a lot of the times these kind of pressures are kind of internalized, you know, it's not like someone is demanding that I respond to them right away. It's more of just this feeling that I, you know, that I have that, Oh, I, I need to respond to respond. And again, that comes from, yeah, this idea of, you know, wanting to be seen, like I show up for my work, but I, I love that advice that we can totally give ourselves permission to allow ourselves more freedom and flexibility and to honor our needs. And, and, and especially in this like current world where everyone's burnt out, everyone's emotionally exhausted. Everyone has gone through so much over the last couple of years, everyone's feeling that on some level. And I always think that if you are brave enough to, and you don't even have to share it with the people that you work with, but like, if you do need to set some boundaries and say like, Hey, like I I'm not going to be able to get to that today. I'm not going to be able to get to that until maybe next week. And, and that's okay. And you're allowed to do that. And if anything, it kind of gives people permission to then do the same and say like, yeah, I honor you for taking care of yourself. So I always remember that. And then I also really loved what you said about not really thinking of technology or our computers as anything separate from the natural world, because everything is connected. And I, I'm really sitting with that because I think I was really getting into the mindset of, oh my gosh, like it. it thinking that it was separate and not really seeing them as a whole. So yeah, I just really appreciated you saying that too. Mm, I'm glad. Yeah. And sort of to play off of something that you said, and I'm just going to like put my HR hat on for a minute, like dialing down things at work or putting up new boundaries and saying like, I'm not going to be able to get to that is one, like, so such great modeling for the people that you work with and B it's like, the, the talent market right now, at least in this moment, is kind of wild. And most organizations are just hoping to hang on to people. So really, like, this is a great time to expand your boundaries and like, really ask for what you want and not 
feel like you need to overdo it. I know the pressures are immense because so many people have resigned and now people are doing like two or three jobs, right? Instead of one. But if you just can't get to something or don't want to do something, this is a great time to say that because the likelihood of you being fired or let go if you have like a sane organization is pretty low, right? Turnover is so high. So just for anyone like in a traditional work environment who's feeling shy about putting up boundaries, this is a great time to do that just because of the way the talent market is. That is such a good reminder that it's, it's, we're allowed to test those boundaries and like, it's okay because they need you more than you need them at this point, probably. And also what you were saying about work being really extractive, just this idea that, you know, we think it's so important and we put the, all these pressures on ourselves, but it's like, right. If I quit today, if I decided that I needed to quit and I quit today, it's like, it wouldn't be as big of a deal as I think it is in my mind. You know, it's like, they would just hire someone else and they would be fine. They would figure it out. Like, so that's kind of what I have to remind myself too. And I'm, I, I've been thinking a lot recently about being highly sensitive. And so I'm glad that you mentioned that you are also highly sensitive. So I'm just curious for you, what has your experience been like as a highly sensitive person and how, how do you move throughout the world being highly sensitive and, and how do you deal with it? Cause I'm, I'm learning new ways to deal with it every day as I get connected again, closer and closer to that truth of, oh man, <laughs> all of these things that I thought were okay for so long are really not. And yeah, just kind of wondering how you navigate and move through the world in that way. Yeah, I became aware of it probably seven years ago, but again, like with the pandemic and being home with my wonderful, but like loud and boisterous kids, it's really come to a head and something that I've had to take really seriously because it is just how I'm wired, right? And it's, I sort of fight it at my own peril and get really exhausted if I overdo it or let myself be overstimulated regularly. So I'm really lucky that I get to work by myself in this environment that feels good to me. It's a huge privilege to not have to take on like dozens of clients at a time. I, I really limit like my availability. I There's been times where I've just been completely off social media or email for a little while. I have to take those breaks regularly, really dialing down. For me, it's sound. I don't know if there's certain stimuli for you, but sound is the one that really gets me. So the last year, especially, I've just been really intentional about not listening to anything on my walks. I just, it's just me and the environment. Sometimes I'll just drive in silence. And then also like communicating that with my community or clients, like in a healthy way and just letting, just again, sort of modeling like self-care and, and like accepting the fact that this is how I'm wired. I can't thrive in a really bustling corporate environment. I've tried and it doesn't work. You know, I think a lot of people, sort of force it through like choice or not. Sometimes people are just forced into these circumstances, but I just have sort of decided I, I'm not willing to do that to myself and my nervous system. And then of course, like I think for all of us since the pandemic coming up with new skills to like rejuvenate and truly hit that reset button and having to find new ways to like click into that relaxation mode where I'm not just overstimulated all the time. And for me, like getting out into a natural setting is like <laughs> the best way to do that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's been my experience. It's a constant learning, but it's really been like 
sort of accepting that I just am that way. And I'm, I'm not going to be someone who's like super busy and out in the world a ton. I need those periods of serious rejuvenation. So yeah, what's your experience been like? Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. Because even you saying that you just became aware of it seven years ago made me feel some resonance because I think I'm just, I like over the past maybe couple of years have really started that awareness journey of, of like, right. I, I always knew I was sensitive. I knew as I was an empath, but I really didn't realize how much things had been affecting me that I had either just like pushed down completely that I hadn't allowed myself to feel. And so for me, it's been kind of one, like being really sensitive to other people's energies and like, again, that overstimulation. So even if I'm scrolling on social media, it's like, I'm taking all of that on and we don't even realize all of the things that we consume throughout the day, how that is sticking. And that's anyone, not just someone who's highly, highly sensitive and how I, I kind of think of it as like, you know, if you have those like million multiple tabs open on your browser, you know, they're not going to just go away unless you really cleanse and click out of them. They're also kind of running in the background. So I find myself like picking things up a lot throughout the day that aren't mine. And it's been kind of recognition too, of when I'm feeling emotions and I sometimes don't know why I'm feeling certain emotion. And I have to really tune in with myself and be honest with myself. Like, is this even mine? And some, a lot of the times it's not a lot of the times it, you know, sometimes it is, but I'm kind of on that journey now of like being able to discern what is mine and what is not. And yeah, just kind of realizing also like thinking back to myself as a child and realizing how like realizing how sensitive I am and then thinking about myself as a child and how sensitive I was as a child. And I grew up in a family of seven children. So talk about loud and boisterous and lots of crazy chaotic things happening all the time, which was just my normal. It was just my environment. But now when I think back to my inner child, my child self, I'm like, oh my gosh, this, I was so sensitive and I was taking all of that in all the time. And so, yeah, it's been kind of a, a journey in that way too, of of just holding space for myself and allowing myself now to rest more, which, I mean, I think like many other people, I had a very complicated relationship with rest and wouldn't even allow myself to rest. I would feel guilty if I took a nap. I would feel guilty if I wasn't working all the time, but I... I think I've done a lot better. Actually, this weekend I got my period. I started bleeding and I knew that I needed to rest. Like I felt so tired. And so one night I slept 10 hours, which was a lot for me. Then that next day I turned my phone off because I was like, I know I'm super sensitive right now. Like I need to just go inward. And I took a nap for like four hours after I had already slept 10 hours. And then I slept the next night for 11 hours. And I was so joyful because I think in the past, if I had slept that much, I would have told myself so many stories of, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing with my life? I'm just sleeping. Like I, there would have been so much like background chatter, but I was instead just so grateful that I was able to listen to my body and rest. Like, wow, I needed a lot of rest and that's totally okay. I'm so glad I did that. I mean, and it was just like what two days of me resting and I'm like, man, I wish I could take like the whole week off now and just sleep. But I definitely like felt my energy kind of like, as you said, when you feel yourself like shifting into a new season, it was like, yeah, that was my winter season. It lasted a couple of days. Now I'm already feeling more energy because I gave myself that chance to rest. So it's just so important to recognize those milestones in yourself too. Cause I felt so proud of myself. I'm like, I literally like wrote on a piece of paper. I'm so proud of myself for listening to my body when she needed to rest because 
a couple months ago, I would have felt guilty about it. So to be able to recognize that and to rest without guilt, I think for me, it was like a huge growth moment. So I hope people listening too can maybe resonate or take something from that because it's so important because you, you need those periods of complete stillness of complete rest. If you want to even get to your spring, I mean, just like we see in nature. So yeah, mm-hmm. that felt really important to acknowledge. Mm, yeah. That's amazing awareness. I'm so glad that you did that. Yeah. And I think it helps for sensitive people or anyone then you have a little bit of space to see like the sensitivity as a strength, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's also a huge gift. And sometimes we diminish it and think it's like, oh, this annoying thing. I have to take a nap. But if we can give ourselves what we need, like we can then I think really recognize like how much of a, a strength it is and how we are able to see and notice things that usually go unseen or feel and and become aware of things that, you know, aren't easily visible to everyone. But if we're totally frazzled and the nervous system is, you know, completely overwhelmed, it's really hard to settle into that gift. And it is a gift, totally. So I'm really (laughs) glad and inspired that you did that. Thank you. Yeah, I want to go back to talking about this seasonal vocational work and allowing your work to be this healing, you know, part of your healing ecosystem. And so for someone who is just at the beginning of that journey and might be in a traditional job setting, where would you suggest that they start? You know, if they want to start exploring, how could I get out of the current system that I in and create, you know, be part of this this path forward to create this new vision for myself and create this like sustainable ecosystem for me in my life and in my work, where would you suggest someone would start with all that? Yeah. I find that when people are feeling like maybe some tension or rub with work and like, they know that something needs to shift, but they're not really sure what it is yet. Sometimes the mind will come in and, or like our egos are like, oh, well, obviously I need another job or I need to go after that promotion or I need to, you know, get out of this work completely. And my encouragement is always to take like a more indirect approach and to really focus on like starting in usually like the winter and like really nourishing that soil, the soil of you. So setting aside like the maybe desire to make a change in work for just a minute and like really focusing some energy, even if it's like five minutes extra a day or 10 or whatever on really nurturing you. So whether that's rest or more activity or a morning meditation practice or movement, sort of taking the frame that for X number of days or weeks, I'm going to focus on nurturing myself or filling my cup up so much that the next steps that I need to take will sort of come from that. Like it's coming from inside of you. It's an outgrowth of that rather than like, oh, I need, I want to get into this season. So I'm going to sort of force myself into like this new growth. That's not totally ready yet, you know? So it's kind of working with like seed magic and sort of feeling like, how can I create such a healthy, rich, fertile soil in me that what's already planted, because these are already planted, these seeds, these like desires or yearnings for what you want next are already there. But how can I make such a friendly environment for them that they can just sort of crack open and and unfurl? So not that that's easy and it can be frustrating because it doesn't feel like we're working on the thing, you know, (laughs) 
but in my experience supporting people through this, it's a lot more fruitful. And the thing that comes out of that is way sturdier and more aligned than if we had just said, like, I need a new job or I need a, an X and X. And we could totally get there, but we need to take like a little detour and make sure that, mm. you know, the you, the soil of you is really healthy. That's usually oh. where I start with people. Oh my gosh. I love that. That like, yeah, really speaks to me because I think there is this, like you said, this mind pressure to kind of force yourself into a season, but that's not how things grow. And so nurturing the soil first makes so much more sense. And it's like, then we almost don't have to do anything because if we nurture that soil, that is the work that is what then allows something to bloom. And so what are some of those ways that we can start to nurture our own soil? How can we do that sort of self-inquiry for ourselves? Mm -hmm. I would say, start with whatever feels like what you're hungry for. So it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to make sense to anyone else. Usually when I start coaching people, we begin sort of in the fall and we start looking like at, at values and what is ready to be let go of and come through right now. And so when you get into the winter where you're really wanting to nurture that soil, it needs to be whatever you feel like you need. So again, whether it's like rest or more activity, giving yourself permission to just like be here and not really know what you want next, giving yourself permission to feel how you feel about your job. I find a lot of people are like, you know, oh, I, I really should be grateful. I'm so lucky to have this job. Like lots of people don't have jobs and, and that's like beautiful to want to be grateful. But if it's not actually true for you, like it's not doing anything for your energy or your nervous system. So like let yourself despise your job if that's how you really feel. Let yourself feel the resentment that's been in your body about having to show up to this thing. And it, it's not the whole truth. Like you can also be really grateful for this income. But I find that a lot of people experience this initial like opening if they can just let themselves just be angry or disappointed or like grieving the fact that they're here or it is. So like, that's a, a great place to start for most people. And then, you know, letting yourself nurture you in the way that just feels really timely right now. And then mm -hmm. of course, there's all these like ways to sort of continue it and keep it up. And it, those are like the, you know, sort of habit forming techniques that we all know and just have a harder time doing, but just start really, really small and that momentum can build. But first we have to give ourselves permission to just sort of be where we are. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That really resonates deeply with me because I definitely relate to that feeling of, oh, like kind of catching myself of like, oh, I'm not where I want to be. Well, then it must mean that I'm doing something wrong and I have to change it immediately or else, you know, I'm letting myself down or why am I choosing to live this way when I know that it's not right? Instead of just like allowing myself to have the experience and allowing myself to hold those feelings. And again, I can totally relate to that idea too of always, my mind always wants to shift to like, well, Right. I, I, I should be so grateful. Other people have it way worse than me. I should be so grateful. Like, look at all these beautiful things that I do have in my, in my life while being, you know, deeply unsatisfied with other areas of my life. And it's okay. I can, I can hold that and I can sit with that and I can feel the feelings 
without having to immediately take action or change my situation in any, in any way. So just that permission is such a beautiful reminder because I don't think we really allow ourselves that space to just be in it. And like, that's, that's part of life. That's part of experiencing life. And it makes me think, I think we had talked previously when we weren't recording, talking about like this idea of being in the mundane and how being in the mundane is just as sacred or just as spiritual or just as beautiful as, you know, the tree that bursts its blooms, its flowers for like a week and then they die and they fall off and it's like life. And yeah, I'm, I'm going off another tangent here, but it just makes me think too, that like, like you said, something about how the seasons are long and something that I'm learning as I'm really observing nature and this like new space being really immersed in nature, how my sense of time was so, I don't want to say wrong because it's not wrong, but my sense of time was so just warped because I live in a structure where, you know, things are really timed and blocked and time felt like this like tangible concept. But when I look at nature and I see that one, one tree will bloom for like one day, and then those those blooms will fall off. And then like, just, just observing the way that nature in nature exists in its time cycles is also really fascinating. Cause it reminds me that, yeah, things can take a really long time in life. And even like kind of bringing it back to like manifestation work and, and this idea of like planting our seeds and, and fertilizing that soil and manifesting something that you want to see manifest in your life. When I look back at like those things that I've really manifested it, it, it all took way more time than I thought it would, which is like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, you know, I didn't get this thing, which this is such a silly example, but I remember I wrote my list, you know, for my perfect partner back in 2014 and I'm engaged now. And I met my, my current partner in 2018. So that was a four-year gap from, and like, he completely fits the list of what I had wrote, written down, but, and I didn't like realize it in the, you know, when it was happening, but in the reflection of it, I'm like, okay, so that took four years for that manifestation to come through. And while I'm living it, that feels like a really long time, but in the grand scheme of things, four years is nothing. I mean, four years, okay, four years. So it's like, it's cool to see then how your manifestations, which can be seen as like these seeds that you're planting, those will come through in, in due time. So maybe it's like the tree where it just blooms one day, or maybe it will take years or, you know, it's, it's like, you just never know how long things will take. So really accepting that the season could be a day or a moment or 10 years or a lifetime. And that's okay because it's all part of that interconnected web, like we've been talking about. So I went a couple of different places there, but yeah, that's just what, what it made me think of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like how you tied that in. I think, yeah, I think nature is such an incredible teacher of manifestation. And I find that, you know, it's really not any of our business when the seeds sprout or even what's in them, like our role is to create the environment and to nurture them. And it can be really disempowering to feel like it's my responsibility to coax this seed to sprout before it's ready. It can be really disempowering to feel like this has to happen on such and such timeline or even show up in a certain way, right? We can, our role is to set the intention and then be open and create like a nurturing environment for it. So 
even if we don't feel like the thing that we want, like the work that we want maybe isn't here right now, we can always become the type of people who can receive that work. Like mm -hmm. it's possible that you needed four years to become the type of person who could receive that sort of partner. Not that you weren't deserving or anything in 2014, but I really believe in divine timing and have seen this in my own life. Like the, the what I'm receiving right now, I probably couldn't have done very wisely or graciously a few years ago, right? And mm -hmm. so no matter where the thing is, if it's like this yearning for different work or more income or more ease with work, that may not be here in this moment, but you can always cultivate the version of you that can step into that. And you can always cultivate the feelings that you're seeking. So if you're looking for work that is has more ease to it, you can always sit back and give yourself a breath and feel into that ease, right? And that creates, I think, sort of a magnet for whatever wants to come through. So yeah, it's sort of focusing on where we do have power and agency and letting go of how the thing is going to come or when or what it's going to look like. And that's not easy. Like I, I fight totally. against that all the time, but that's, it seems like that's sort of the, the way to go or the most fruitful way. Totally. It like gives deeper meaning to that phrase that you hear all the time, which is like, trust the timing of your life which, you know, you can hear and it can mean a certain thing, but I think it really does speak to that, like to trust the timing of your life because the timing, we can't do anything about the timing. We can only, like you said, set intention and, and create that version of ourselves in that moment. So yeah, that's actually really empowering. And it, and it, it again, just makes me think of being in right relationship with the earth, being in right relationship with the universe, with something beyond that. It's like, that's all we can do. And to, to allow ourselves to give up control in that way, because it is really freeing and empowering to give up that sort of control, because the only thing we can control is our intention and our feeling and, and not even those at times, but kind of just really being clear on what we can and cannot control. Um, and I would love to hear from you kind of what that, what this looks like for you in your daily life. So how do you set up your day? What does your environment look like for you? How do you nurture your seeds and maybe just in the season or whatever that is, but yeah, what does that kind of look like for you? Mm -hmm. Well, my morning meditation is sort of like the anchor for my life. I just can't, it's like been a constant for the last sort of eight years, I guess. So I get up before everyone else in my house around 545 and meditate and write for about an hour. And then on my work days, I start, you know, like around 830 or nine. And I try to save the mornings for like the deepest work or the most thoughtful work that I need. I know that I have the most energy and willpower in the mornings. So I try to do what's what feels difficult first. And then I usually see clients or have meetings like in the afternoon, cause that's a time when um, I may not have like the same amount of like creative power, but can be present with people. So I always try to fit a walk in outside again, where I'm not listening to anything. I'm just sort of digesting the day. And then I try to have like a sweet sort of wrap up ritual at the end of the day where I just, I sort of pack everything up, even though I always work in the same space, but I like pack my bag and put things away. I always have a candle lit when I'm working. I have one now and I blow that out at the end of the day. So these little like containers and rituals, just to remind myself that like this, I'm coming into this now and I'm leaving this now. And 
that it's hard as an entrepreneur to like not be working all the time, but those little things, those little rituals really helped me put boundaries around it. I took email off of my phone about a, two months ago, and that's helped a lot to just not be engaged all the time. So yeah, just finding ways to, to live with sort of more energy and balance throughout the day. And then in terms of like goals and manifesting, I, I do most of that around these like big seasonal thresholds, like the summer solstice, the autumn equinox, and then those usher in new seasons. Right. So then I'm said, I'm like sort of feeling into my intentions for the summer, for the fall. And then those sort of <clears throat> come down with every new moon and I'm sort of checking in then. So using those natural shifts as gateways, I think that is also really empowering to remember that like, you don't have to be awash with capitalism and culture all the time and knocked about constantly. Like you can decide like, I'm going to make space on this solstice or this equinox. And these are gateways for us, you know, and we are all of our ancestors, no matter what part of the planet they were from, always honored these seasonal shifts in mm. meaningful ways. So reclaiming that and using them to sort of recenter and say like, well, this is the direction I need to go. This is the channel I'm in can be, I mean, it's been a lifesaver for me. So that's sort of like a micro macro look at how I'm <laughs> moving through this right now. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I think it's just inspiring to hear what someone does to kind of integrate our own ideas and think about what, what might, what, what might work for us. And I'm curious too, how this kind of work shows up in your work as a mother and in motherhood, especially when those things may not you know, be so in your control. So how does, how do you integrate those aspects into motherhood? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I have to get up way earlier now because <laughs> if I meditate after they're awake, it's just not going to happen. So yeah, like carving out the time that I need to be centered and that's an ongoing process, you know, giving myself permission to do that. And but I'm a much, much better parent if I, again, like honor my sensitivity, honor my the need for spiritual connection. And we also have like a little family altar that changes with the seasons. There's this book called Circle Round by Starhawk and a few other women about like raising children and goddess traditions, which I think of as like earth-based traditions. So as much as we can, we try to honor like every seasonal gateway in the wheel of the year. And that's something that I'm having to like learn and make up on my own. Cause my, I grew up in a very Christian home and had no, like had no training in the wheel of the year or Celtic spirituality, which is what my heritage is. So I'm just trying to make it up as I go and give that as a gift to my kids, because I want them to walk in a different rhythm through the year. And I want them to know how to honor their own sort of connection to nature. And I think and the messages that are trying to come to them, I think, I think of this whole world as just this constant exchange of information and inspiration and messages. And I want them to know how to attune to that and know like what, you know, the stories around the summer solstice and the equinoxes and the winter solstice. I want them to know something about that. So mm. motherhood has been a good exercise in having to get serious about that and make, you know, figure it out as we go. 
Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful and inspiring to, to teach your kids in that way. Cause yeah, imagine if we were all taught in that way, I feel like we could reclaim a lot of the knowledge that we lost or at least have not what's not lost, but I guess put on pause or has been like paralyzed for a while, whatever that is. But yeah, you mentioned this book Circle Round and I love to hear all of the resources. So do you have any books or any other books or suggestions of things to engage in either that talks about this like cyclical way of living or how to you know, connect this to work or just a kind of a starting place for people or anything that's inspired you either recently or in your life, you know, as you've gone through this journey that, yeah, that you'd want to share with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ones that come to mind right now that I'm just like really in, so they're top of mind is my favorite meditation teacher, Jessica Snow. Do you know her? No. She is amazing and I encourage everyone to follow her. She offers like free meditations every month, but she's been running these weekly Wednesday workshops that are like very mystical and not like anything I've experienced and I'm learning a lot. And and she pulls in nature and the rhythms of the seasons a lot. So I'm in that and really enjoying it. I'm reading a lot by Martin Shaw, who is a sort of myth teller and also leads these wilderness vigils and it's just he's he's one of those writers where like you know that what's coming through is not just from this place mm-hmm. and so his writing really takes me into a different way of seeing the world and so I've really been enjoying that and then I've been listening to Michael Mead's podcast called The Living Myth all about how we're going through a collective rite of passage right now and really looking at our lives as more mythic than just mundane, bringing both of those in. So those are the teachers that I'm like fully in right now. Oh my gosh. Um, So yeah, all of those are great. Thank you. I'm so excited to check those out. I feel like I definitely resonate with, yeah, just the, the mythic storytelling of life. And it sounds like maybe I'll have to hit you up with some like, or I've really gotten to this like new journey of learning about herbalism and foraging and like wild foods mm-hmm. and all that. And so, yeah, I feel like you probably have some ideas about that too. So I might have to hit you <laughs> up for that. <laughs> yeah, I do. But thank you so much, Megan. This has been yeah. such a beautiful hour talking to you and yeah, just wanted to say thank you. And lastly, where can people find you? Where can they get connected with your work? Where can they find out more? Yeah. Yeah. So my website is a wildnewwork.com and there's some free resources on there if People just need a place to get started. Um, I'm also on Instagram at a wild new work and my podcast is the same name, a wild new work. So those are all like very easy, quick ways to get in touch if you'd like to. Cool. And what's your podcast on? It's about, I'm assuming it's about your work, but what is yeah, it? it's all about sort of the seasonal natural wisdom for work and vocation and how to sort of blend those two areas of life. So yeah. So cool. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely put all of those in the show notes and check those out. So thank you again, Megan. And yeah, stay connected with you and see what you continue to do and, and to create and to inspire, because I think it's so important for us to really get back to this way of living. And so I'm just grateful for you for being, you know, one of the pioneers in that space and really, yeah, waking people up to that real, to that truth. So Mm, thank you. Thanks. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks Mm -hmm. again. I hope you enjoyed that episode and thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend and tell them what inspired you. 
Or if you'd be so kind, you can rate and review the podcast. And when you do, I would love to gift you my free guided writing meditation that will connect you to your creativity, yourself, and your spirituality. Just go on over to my Instagram at Leah Van Doren. That's L-E-Y-A-V-A-N-D-O-R-E-N and send me a screenshot of your review and I will send over the meditation and I would love to hear your thoughts. Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul. Thank you.